Um, hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Jindal Digest for Competition and Innovation Laws. Today we have with us Professor Pankari Khandirwal. She ha- has completed her undergraduate from NLIU Kupal and having completed her master's from London School of Economics, has researched extensively on the intersection between antitrust and digital markets. Thank you, Professor, for taking out the time to talk to us today. Thank you so much for having me over. Um, we can now move on to our second segment, which is based on consumer privacy and antitrust. Especially in contemporary times, we see a lot of debate and discourse on the intersection between the two. And this is particularly post the CCI probe into WhatsApp. Ekjot, um, if you could take over. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, so uh, moving on to this very specific problem of privacy concerns and uh, competition law in general. So the first question that comes to my mind here is that uh, given this emerging discourse surrounding the the interplay of antitrust and privacy concerns, do you think that the two of them can converge or should they be separately regulated by the concerned regulators? So I think they should be converging. And again, this is my own opinion because we have different opinion on this. And this is a very sort of subjective question that's been going on in the uh, competition law debate. But I think that it should be converging because uh, when we talk about data protection laws, so we do not have a data protection law in India, but I'm talking about it in the say, GDPR perspective as well. Uh, even globally, this has been seen as an issue that even in GDPR, we have provisions where which are used by these companies such as, you know, uh, for fulfillment of contract or for uh, legitimate processing or based on consent uh, for which we have not found any solution still yet, right? So consumers do not still have control over their data. So I think uh, competition law is required because it, it basically imposes a special responsibility on these dominant undertakings, which is what we need, again, because uh, we want these dominant undertakings to be taking more precautions, right? So I think uh, competition law should be sort of used to regulate data protection because uh, I don't think data protection law in itself is enough uh, to deal with these dominant undertakings. And I think competition law sort of imposes more obligations on them, which is more beneficial for other competitors as well, because then they also sort of, when they enter the market, they know what to expect. So um, I think that way competition law should be intervening and it should be intervening on the basis of abuse of dominance because, uh, so again, we can see the sort of breach of privacy as, uh, and this has been sort of, this is what was pointed out in the Germany Facebook Federal Council Office decision as well, um, which was later sort of stayed and which was later sort of relied on uh, by the Supreme Court on the basis of consumer choice. But I think it is a manifestation of abuse, right? I think that uh, Facebook is able to sort of not comply with GDPR because they are abused, because they know that, you know, it will not create any problems with their position of dominance because the consumers are, are so reliant on Facebook and because of the network effects that operate in that market. So I think that competition law does need to intervene to make sure that uh, the privacy aspects are taken care of. Uh, Professor, if it's just me, I just have an added question. So, I mean, bring up GDPR, I think one lens, one angle of it is that um, um, sort of uh, uh, dominant enterprises violating the GDPR because they have, they're so dominant that consumers don't have a choice. But I think recently, with regard to the Apple and Spotify case, which is going on in the EC at the moment, 
um uh, apple is relying on the gdpr to deny spotify uh, access to its uh, app i mean potential access to its app store even charging high subscription fees so do you think sometimes using gdpr or holding a high privacy standard can be used to actually sort of facilitate abuse of dominance that's what spotify is contending or do you think that may be possible as well where someone at the behest or using under the ages of privacy they can actually deny data i think because that's what's happening elsewhere as well right yeah yeah i do agree that uh, you know again the whole i think it will come down to balancing both the sort of uh, respective acts so gdpr and the competition law because uh, because we need to sort of see uh, again because there have been a lot of cases where even when we talk about uh, high key versus linkedin i think uh again the whole thing comes on balancing as to how much privacy we want and how much of data sharing is or should be allowed right so i think that uh that it is uh it is something that is uh that needs to be decided on a case by case basis as to how much privacy you actually want uh how much weight do you want to give to the privacy aspect but again i do think that a uh, privacy aspect should take uh if not precedence then it should not be compromised because that's something that even in uh, even in india we have privacy as a fundamental right and even in eu we have that as a uh, right which is sort of more supreme than your uh, you know business rights or your competition law uh, sort of rights under your competition law right so i think that privacy should not be sort of compromised with but again uh, there needs to be a sort of balance as to and we need to recognize cases where privacy uh, is not actually being hampered but actually just being used by the dominant entity to sort of foreclose market for certain competitors so i think apple uh, i think with apple the thing is again because apple is also denying uh, access to facebook as well right so i think uh, i i think it's a welcome sort of step because uh, facebook basically takes more data than users actually allow it or even for that matter google takes more data than a uh, user allow it so i think in that respect it could be a good thing because you would be encouraging more competition based on privacy but again that's also something that we decide on a case to case basis and there needs to be certain parameters i think that will become clear once the uh, decision is made by ec with respect to the apple spotify case but i do think that a privacy concerns should not be compromised so even if apple is using it as a say an excuse to not provide data i think you still need to be very careful as to how much access you are allowing for other apps to actually take data from users devices sure professor uh, i think the point about balancing is the key in this essence given that we still do not have a data protection legislation in india so uh, yeah. talking about balance uh, so can you please give us an example to say how do we determine how much should a competition regulator intervene in such situations where the primary question is about consumer privacy or the primary question is only related to the data that is being that has been collected by the players right so i do think that uh, the role of competition authority should be only limited to see whether there's an abuse of dominant position right so only when you see privacy as a factor of a non price parameter uh, competition or when you see privacy as something which is 
be a breach of privacy happening because the company is so dominant that there are no other competitors to actually challenge that because we have seen this recently when whatsapp changed its policy that people were actually moving to different uh, competing sort of uh, networks such as telegram or signal which sort of shows a good step as to uh, the fact that consumers are also realizing the importance of privacy and then that stopped whatsapp from changing its privacy policy at least for the time being right so i think that uh, that that uh, competition authorities role should be limited to, to only uh, firstly only to dominant entities and not to other entities and it should be limited to see whether there is enough competition to allow privacy as a quality sort of parameter of competition so uh, again this will also have to be seen in the light of the cci versus bharti airtel judgment because uh as of now we don't have a data protection authority right but we do have an information technology act uh, which is sort of regulated by the high court so i think again this would also come into the jurisdictional aspect that cci cannot sort of so it might happen that cci must have must have to first send the case to uh, the concerned authority also when we have the uh, personal data protection bill which could be passed and there would be an authority under that so they might have to uh, first give the case to them and once that determination has been made then cci can take uh, cognizance of that matter so i think uh, cci's role would be limited to that uh, especially because uh, because we already have a sort of working uh, way of dealing with uh, matters that intersect with each other but again there are a lot of problems that arises uh, in that sort of mechanism as well which is uh, how much would cci be intervening would again be something that needs to be determined on a case to case basis because it's not a very clear even the cci versus bharti airtel judgment is not very clear as to how you sort of see the technical aspects or how do you see the competition aspects so um, so again it's it's very sort of it's a, again it's a question which is being debated a lot and we do not have clear answers as to how much the cci can intervene but i think it should be just uh, on the competition factors because if it uh, oversteps or it you know tries to sort of see whether the company is actually uh, you know complying with all the data protection regulations or complying with or uh, the information technology act that's where it sort of uh, steps away from its own jurisdiction and then again we have section 21 and 21a under the competition act which sort of looks at or uh, which provides this cooperation framework which is not something that is relied on a lot till now but i think again that is something that would become useful in the digital uh, economy cases sure professor so uh, you just mentioned about the whatsapp privacy case right now so coming to that case since it's a very a uh, hot topic given in this moment so uh, uh, we know that cci has taken suomoto cognizance of whatsapp because of its privacy uh, policy and uh, similarly uh, something uh, germany also in its facebook case took cognizance uh, of such privacy concerns so do you think we can make a parallel parallel over here that uh, the whatsapp case and this germany facebook case are kind of similar however germany at the same time also has this special gdpr legislation so uh, what is your take on that yeah i think it's uh, i think it's a very sort of welcome step from cci to actually try to enforce this uh i think it it was basically long overdue because uh, cci has sort of refused to 
uh, first take jurisdiction in the previous order, which was Shiva Nosumar versus WhatsApp, and uh, WhatsApp previously changed its privacy policy. So I think uh, it's a good sort of uh, direction for CCI to move forward in because. Uh, again, CCI, uh, so yes, as you rightly pointed out, there is a parallel because here also CCI relies on the consumer choice and they do not look into the data protection of, uh, you know, provisions as such, but they say that the privacy policy does not give that choice to the consumers to actually choose not to share their data, which is what, uh, which is again, because, and they look at the network effects, they look, I think they do a more thorough analysis when it comes to the dominant position of WhatsApp, which is what they didn't do earlier. Because there they did not look at network effects at all, and they said that uh, you know there are other competitors and that there are other choices that consumers can rely on. But now that we have seen, now I think CC has become more sort of advanced in its approach because they looked at network effects and how it's so difficult for consumers to actually move to some other uh, competing social media network. Which is why I think it's a good uh, it's a good sort of uh, decision. It's a good uh, you know, direction to move uh, when it comes to privacy and competition law. And uh, I think CCI has sort of, uh, I don't think it has overstepped its jurisdiction as well because it has restrained itself to just consumer choice, which is what was done in the Germany Federal Supreme Court judgment as well. So, uh, so, and when it comes to, again, I think Germany, the fact that Germany has GDPR uh, and uh, even after that, the Germany's Supreme Court gave this decision is what sort of gives us this idea that CCI should definitely, I think, look into this because we do not have that relevant authority as of now. And I think even when we do, again, I think uh, based on the mechanism that is followed, it might happen that this, these questions are first determined by the Data Protection Authority, but I think CCI can always sort of jump into this and then they can sort of uh, provide uh, uh, you know, fines or provide certain remedies that needs to be followed by these dominant entities to make sure that they're not violating the privacy obligations. I think one problem that can arise with respect to this, and this is something that I talk uh, about in my paper as well, is that there could be forum shopping where people think that, uh, you know, they, because again, the amount of fines, and this is something that happens even when we talk about the interface between competition law and consumer protection law, because consumer protection law, you have less of fines, but competition law, you have more fines. So again, that would lead to forum shopping as to uh, determining where do, uh, where do the informants actually file a complaint. But again, these are, the, uh, these are a few of the things that we have to now talk about, given that we have, we will be having sort of separate uh, authorities that can potentially have jurisdiction in these matters. So, um, so yeah, I think, but uh, for now, I think the WhatsApp case is something that was uh, long overdue and that uh, CCI has actually, uh, I see it as a good step for uh, for the privacy concerns that arise in India. Thank you so much, Professor. Professor, I just, I mean, just leading from some of the questions that just previously asked, with, I mean, specifically regard to the uh, German competition authorities, uh, Facebook, um, case I think a lot like I mean a lot of articles which I read post uh, the decision came out was that the competition authority essentially uh, like shed a lot of jurisprudence on privacy rather than actually forcing I mean focusing on competition law uh, per se and only later I think they did change their uh, decision to 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 only competition or stating that it was not a privacy concern it was mainly just an abuse of dominance 
per se. So do you think sometimes these competition authorities may abuse, I mean, their own level of expertise when deciding upon uh, these cases, given the fact that they definitely lack at a certain level of expertise uh, to regulate uh, uh, digital matters? I mean, because I think uh, I think it was only until 2019 post the market study, the e-commerce market study that the CCI even began to regulate, like began like formal pro proceedings against, you know, like platform markets like Make My Trip or even Facebook and WhatsApp. So you think without this necessary lack of expertise, you think they're well equipped to actually decide uh, cases regarding privacy and especially consumer protection or data privacy, given the fact that even the PD people isn't really passed as yet. And if the PD people is passed, we've hardly seen, like you've stated, uh, Section 21 or 21A being relied on by the CCI, whether it's in the Ericsson judgment, like the IPAB never got to decide. I mean, they did get to decide, but that was a conflict of jurisdiction. So do you think there may be some form of harmony that can be struck because in the past that really hasn't happened? So that's just my question. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the competition authority, especially CCI, would have to be very careful when they're exercising jurisdiction in these matters because it so happens that you, because these are not matters which are, uh, you know, which are sort of disjointed. You cannot sort of say that, okay, this is a data protection matter and this is a competition matter, so you just decide on this. It's uh, bound to happen that when you're deciding the competition issue, you might actually look at the data protection issue as well, which is why I think CCI needs to be very careful and which is why I think there was this resistance by CCI uh, to sort of decide this in the Sri Vinod Kumar case. Uh, but I think uh, it can be, there could be a sort of proper guideline that CCI can have with respect to uh, how much intervention they can be allowed to do. Um, and again, uh, with respect to Ericsson's judgment as well, so yeah, that, that's true that they provided for conference jurisdiction and that was based on what remedies they are giving. So I think uh, in that case, basically, they saw that compulsory licensing remedy and the remedy that was there under Competition Act were sort of, you know, uh, basically compatible with each other. And uh, this is something that was challenged in CCI versus Bharti Airtel. And then in Monsanto Holdings case, they have said that both these judgments, you know, hold true. So again, there's a lot of, uh, because again, the kind of uh, Ericsson case was differentiated based on the fact that they are two, that CCN and TRI are basically two different regulatory authorities, but uh, basically the IPAB and the CCI are sort of completely different when it comes to how they operate. So I think there's still uh, that aspect also which would have to be looked into as to what kind of an authority is the data protection authority and what kind of uh, jurisdiction they have under that act and whether that is uh, something that can be uh, you know said to be compatible with CCI's jurisdiction. So these are the questions that would uh, that would essentially arise once the PDP bill is passed. Uh, but I think that CCI needs to be still very cautious about how much intervention they are making in these kind of privacy matters because there is uh, they definitely cannot you know overstep their jurisdiction because this is something that is not at all sort of provided for under the competition act so privacy is not an aspect that we see at all in the uh, competition act and we just sort of include that based on the factors that we see under section 19 plus 3 and 19 plus 4 as to sort of weigh the efficiencies versus the uh, versus the harm that that is brought on by the dominant entity. So I think uh, CCI's analysis should be limited to just seeing privacy as a factor of competition and not to see whether the uh, entity is actually relying on, uh, is, is actually complying with the data protection obligation. So I think what CCI can basically see is whether 
whether there is enough sort of competitive constraints to allow competitors to basically compete based on privacy. So I think that that question should be the only thing that CCN determines when it deals with the privacy aspect. Oh yes, Professor. Thank you. I think uh, with regard to specified legislation, I think the EU is like d recently trying to enact the Digital Markets and Digital Service Act to only regulate the strategic entities. And I think also I think the Competition Amendment Bill also tries to like bring about this change. But I think due to COVID, that has sort of been uh, stopped from being enacted. Professor, just have a couple of questions left. So I think primarily why I mean aspects of consumer privacy or even you know. Uh, consumer having no choice between one platform and others because of the lack of interoperability and data portability amongst these platforms, given the fact that they operate within these ecosystems, like Android ecosystem cannot use their own data to transfer it to the Apple ecosystem in case you want to switch. So do you think uh, uh, would such a remedy enforcing some form of data interoperability or portability sort of reduce these privacy concerns that exist at the at this moment? Yeah, so I think they can definitely be uh, sort of good uh, ways to good behavioral remedies to give to sort of make sure that there's more competition. Uh, I think the technical aspect as to how this will happen is still a big question, uh, which is why uh, I don't know if we can rely a lot on these technologies because we do not know how this is going to sort of function when it comes to say Facebook uh, trying to port data of users to other uh, to other entities and also then that also sort of raises certain privacy questions as to how the sharing would happen and how much of the data would be shared and whether how that sharing would happen in the sense that uh, you know whether it would be what are the safeguards that these entities would have to follow so that this data is not actually misused by any third party so i think that would uh, become there would be a lot of technical aspects that we will have to think about before giving me uh, and again interoperability again I don't know I mean it would be a very good remedy but it's a big question as to how this would function especially when it comes to markets which are not uh, interoperable as of now so we have telecom which is interoperable we have the uh, finance sector which is uh, interoperable but we do not know how interoperability would sort of function when it comes to say social media markets or uh, say different sort of uh, other markets that these entities are sort of functioning in. So I think that these can actually be quite efficient remedies because again, the whole uh, advantage that all of these dominant entities are enjoying because of network effects would basically be countered through these remedies, right? So network effects, uh, the reason that people cannot move to what uh, move to some other competing apps uh, from WhatsApp is because they do not have enough of their friends on that or they do not have Enough, the, enough of their other sort of contacts on that. So I think that could be effectively countered through uh, interoperability because then they can sort of make sure that they are actually being able to connect to other people through, say, if you know, they can message to someone's WhatsApp through their Telegram app. So I think that would be something which would make sure that, you know, there is more competition in the market and there's more competition based on privacy uh, in the market. Uh, but again, how that will happen is, I think, a bigger question as to uh, what effect it would create. So, um, and again, the same thing with data portability as to how, because again, the how do you shift the data from one entity to another, and what? Uh, because again, there are a lot of technical questions 
as to in what form the data will shift, what are the problems that can arise. Because again, I think that would bring out problems of hacking and bring out problems of other things. Uh, which needs to be countered to make sure that data is actually being sort of, you know, shifted in a safe manner and not sort of breaching the privacy of consumers. So I think, again, it might be easier, and but there's another problem that it might be easier for dominant entities to comply with data portability, but it might be more difficult for smaller entities to have that kind of infrastructure to allow, uh, you know, shifting of data from one company to another. So this might actually lead to uh, you know, more sort of competitors leaving the market because they are unable to sort of uh, invest in that much infrastructure. So again, these are the questions that we need to sort of uh, consider when we think of these two remedies because uh, it might actually not be uh, not be very feasible when it comes to operating in a more practical manner. All right, Professor. Um, thank you so much. I just have um one last question. So, I mean, given the fact that we've spoken about so much about data and the importance of it, um, several regulators are now looking at us like when like competition regulators are beginning to discuss upon you know whether um their um whether uh, platforms uh, conduct is anti-competitive. They're almost looking at it from some from sort of a refusal to deal angle. Where, you know, refusing to deal to provide certain aspects of data is anti-competitive. So, don't you think? This is sort of um, leading to or seeping to applying the doctrine of essential facility to consumer data. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because again, when we are talking about, even when we're talking about data portability of interoperability, I think what you're doing essentially is applying this doctrine, right? You are saying the basis for this is basically saying that data is essential for us to operate, which is why we need this data and which is why you need to share it with us. Uh, I think this is the same thing uh, that happens in the Haiku versus LinkedIn case as well, because they're also, they're not saying that they're applying this doctrine, but in a way they are, right? Because Haiku is being allowed to access LinkedIn's data, uh, which LinkedIn should basically have sort of authority to see how the data of their users are being used, but they are being allowed to take that data because it's essential for them to run their business. So I think what that case does is basically apply this doctrine without saying that they're applying this doctrine because uh, because they say that, you know, uh, again, that case is with respect to the interim sort of uh, thing. So I think uh, when the court sees that case, they say that, you know, it's basically very uh, essential for uh, for them to operate their business, which is why that irreparable harm would be caused if they are not given this data, right? So I think in a way they are sort of applying uh, the essential facilities doctrine because uh, what they're saying is that this business cannot function without the data of LinkedIn users. Uh, so I think uh, it amounts to applying essential facilities doctrine. And uh, if you see, it's not the essential, the essential facilities doctrine has certain sort of ingredients which need to be fulfilled and if we see the history of this doctrine it's basically you know apply to say uh, railroads or apply to electricity or apply to oil which is something that uh, we thought you know that uh, that basically access to these sort of facilities would be required because we do not want duplication of uh, of the infrastructure we do not want to sort of telecom uh, you know, entities operating with uh, their own lines and with their own wires, which is why we allow them to have uh, access to each other's, uh, you know, infrastructure. So I think 
when we see essential facilities uh, history and we see the ingredients that are required which is indispensability and that uh, uh, all effective uh, competition is eliminated i do not think that these ingredients are present when it comes to uh, the digital markets or when it comes to access to data because again data is a non rivalrous res resource right so just one entity having the data does not mean that other entities cannot have that data so uh, so i think that is why how that is how you know competition authorities are circumventing into saying whether essential facilities doctrine applies to data because uh, essential facilities doctrine cannot be said to be applying to data but the way that we see digital markets are functioning uh, data is required to be shared from these dominant entities because data uh, data basically operates on the 4d right so you need the volume of data you need the value of data you need uh, velocity and you need diversity so till the time you do not have enough data you cannot actually use that data to your advantage and this much data can be only accumulated by these big tech companies which is why we require them to share this data so i do agree that you know they are uh, basically it amounts to applying the essential facilities doctrine but i think uh, what the authorities do is they circumvent through this doctrine and they try to say that data is essential but they do not say whether this doctrine applies or not but in a way uh, asking them to share the data or asking them to make the data portable does uh, mean that we are applying that doctrine all right um, thank you so much professor yeah i, I think yeah cuz i mean even recently like even like in the ftc and the ecb always look at them sort of like you know like treading on this aspect of applying the essential uh, facility doctrine and at the end they just back away and they look look at it strictly from the uh, refusal to deal aspect i think so as even in like the microsoft or google shopping or even the google android case i tried looking exploring those aspects of applying the doctrine but it never really did cuz i mean obviously i think it would make the market more volatile than it actually is at the moment and like a lot of investigations will begin if they actually apply um, the doctrine Professor, I just have one last question. Um, uh, so I think uh, right now, like what we're seeing, even like when you look at Amazon's uh, market structure, like the way they've sort of pursued their, uh, their, like their plan to sort of concentrate the market is, you know, reducing privacy concerns are reducing and anti-competitive conduct, like it's, it's sort of increasing. It's like sort of inversely proportional. So do you think you can sever, does both conduct merge within the realm of competition or can they be actually separated? I think they do merge. I I'm not sure about um, because with Amazon the problem is that they do take uh, data and they do use it to their advantage. But with Amazon we have other sort of uh, abuses as well where they using that data to sort of give preference to their own sort of goods or to sort of make sure that uh, you know other competitors cannot compete in the market with Amazon. So I think. Uh, you can i don't think you can can sever the privacy sort of issue with other competition issues because i think all of that uh, you know it's uh, if a competition authority is looking into the competition issue they are bound to look at the privacy issue because uh, it's because of that much data that amazon is able to gain that dominance and uh, and i think with amazon the main service is amazon web services which relies mostly on data which is what is used to finance their other uh, vertically integrated sort of operations as well so i think uh, that is the problem that is basically why you cannot sever the uh, privacy issue because uh, 
and that is why we call these companies as big tech because they are relying on the data which is why uh, you cannot sort of uh, if if you try to sever them it would not be you cannot get the whole picture of the market right because uh, uh, that arises with modern entities as well because we are not able to the reason that we are not able to understand these markets is because we do not uh, see the principles that have been followed in competition law so far to be applying to these entities because when it comes to predatory pricing these entities have so much investment that they do not need to increase their prices to recoup losses so i think which this is why we need to have a more sort of holistic approach because you cannot understand these issues without understanding everything that goes in the market thank you so much for your time this has been incredibly insightful